0: This is Sunday Morning Worship, January the 9th, 2022. Sunday Morning Worship Service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal News Church with our guest speaker, Reverend John Oliver. We'll start off our service already in song with the praise team and the Pine Level Pentecostal News Church Choir. we COVID going on and everything, the choir has been uh, not singing, but uh, when we said that the choir was coming back, everybody wanted to, they, they were ready. It's been a long time. So, uh, so we're going to, we're starting out with some songs we already know, of course it's been a while since we sung them, <laughs> but uh, y'all pray for us. Thank you.
1: he's been here before so he's familiar with the Pine Level Church and we thank him again. He is also the discipleship minister, director for the conference. So thank you Brother John for being here. God bless you. What he's asking about taking up an offer, but the uh, bottom line is everybody knows that uh, we put it in the box still for right now. We may go back to taking, passing the plates out one day, but right now we will just uh, uh, continue with that. It, it keeps the hands from touching, everybody's hands touching the plate and that kind of stuff. So we'll continue that. It actually may be the way to do it because it actually has been fine. And, uh, and people melding it in has been fine. So uh,
2: thank you, Brother John. Well it's good to be here. Yeah, Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Brother Mac. And uh, I just want to make sure he didn't get in trouble this morning for getting to take up the offer. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it, it is good to be here. I know a lot of churches are, are doing that, where they have a, a box that's located and, um, in the back and people do that. And so many people are giving online now. So let me just thank you for your continued support of this church and know that as you give, God will bless you. Amen. Amen. God asks us to give a tithe, but he asks us even more than to be generous givers. And it's encouraging to hear, taking up for different needs and different things that are that are going on around here. You know, let me just take a moment and thank the first responders and police. I didn't know that today. Special thank you for all of those. Uh, I'm always amazed at the sacrifice and service. And not only are first responders and military, I had the opportunity just a few weeks ago, Uh, I have a a nephew that joined the Air Force, he and his wife, and they're stationed in Mountain Home, Idaho. I had never been to Idaho. I would never been to Mountain Home, Idaho. uh, But I had the opportunity to go and and visit. He and his wife, my family, we kind of spent Christmas, a few days before Christmas for Christmas there, and uh, it was a great time. But, you know, one thing that I was amazed at in talking to him is that he grew up in, in Alabama, and he's a long way from home, and he doesn't have a lot of family. And I just am reminded of the sacrifice and service of our military that are so far from home, that miss their families, that don't have a lot of time to go home during Christmas and the holidays. And it really hits home during those times. And we need to remember uh, not only our first responders and those that, that are on active duty and serving and sacrificing for us and those that are away from their families and so forth. So, thank you. Uh, also, Happy New Year. It's nine days into the year. And, uh, some of you made some resolutions and already gone, right? Uh, but that's okay. I want to uh, to share with you and challenge you just a couple of things this morning. Uh, you know, first and foremost, the first verse that came to mind this morning was Psalm 22.1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And it's good that you're here this morning, starting off the second Sunday of the, the new year. Uh, in God's house this morning, and, and it's just good. Are you really glad? You know, this morning I was thinking, okay, I'm glad I had the opportunity uh, to be in God's house this morning. There's a lot of other places that we could be, sometimes not by our own choice, right? Amen. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord uh, this morning. You know, I want to talk to you just a couple of things this morning as we talk about challenges in the in the new year, and I just pray that God will stir up a hunger for the Word. You know, this year, every year, uh, every couple of years, I try to make sure that I read through the Bible in a year. Um, And and this year, I'm doing something a little bit different. Uh, It's called the Bible Recap uh, Project. And I would encourage you, if you don't have a Bible reading plan, check that out. Uh, Those of you, if you have an iPhone, you can get the Bible app. And you got podcasts on there. You can get the Bible app. And there's a podcast that accompanies that. And it's a great way to read through the Bible chronologically as well as. Uh, there's a podcast that kind of highlights what's going on for that day I challenge my, my wife is doing it uh, my son is I have a, and many of you may or may I can't remember last time I was here brother Mac I, I know I've been here uh, two or three times and and um, I don't know I had, a, I had a son I have a son that's 23 that got married in May it's uh, been it's been a, it's been a, uh, a journey uh, we're excited and love his uh, his wife and our, our daughter-in-law and Um, So I've had a lot of life changes. He's he's, uh, on his own and uh, and finished college, hallelujah. Uh, Got his Bachelor of Nursing degree from Federal State and is in the process of taking his uh, state exam and already got a job. So I was tickled with that. He's going to be working at Cape Fear Valley in the uh, pediatric ER. And I uh, have another son that plays baseball at Federal Tech. And, and, uh, but it's encouraging when I hear my young son was talking the other day about reading his Bible. So I got to read my Bible today, Dad. And there's something to be said for, for a hunger for the word. And I want you guys to have a hunger for the word. If it means right now, use January the 9th, jump in there and let's start a Bible recap project together. If you can't figure out how to use it, i guarantee you've got a, a child or a grandchild that can help you with that, all right? So uh, say, hey, here's my phone. Can I get that Bible app? And, uh, and and it's amazing. It'll even read it to you. You know, you can follow along and it'll read right to you. Oh, man, this is this is amazing. So check that out, the Bible Recap Project. But I was, you know, just think about it. God's Word says it will not return what void. It is important that we build our life. It's something you can build your life upon is God's Word. And it's important that we make a a daily habit of reading.
0: This is going to be all
2: right, brother. Come on. It's popped out of your car or something. All right. We'll see if we can fix that. That's annoying. I you got I feel like I'm about to stand real. <laughs> I don't know how I can do that. Um, but, you know, just, just the hunger for the word. And uh, I was thinking about this in the, in the habits and the disciplines that we, we have. You know, it says, think about this. Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. So it's important that we establish good habits. And it's a great time to start reading through the Word this year. And I will encourage you to do that. So many churches I know are entering into a 21-day fast. Many of our churches are involved in it right now. And uh, so just encourage you to, to do that as you start off a new year. It's a great way to start off the new year. And I want to encourage you with that this morning. It is good to be here this morning. I'm going to be looking at Joshua chapter 1 uh, and, uh, and and kind of jump around 1, chapter 4, and some other things there. But I really want to, want to share with you this morning about about living uh, in enemy territory stacking stones. And, I, and if you've heard me, I, you may have heard me speak this. This has been on my heart. Uh, for a while now, is the importance of, of how do we live in any territory. I, you know, I'm convinced that God doesn't want us to just survive. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen? I believe that God wants us to thrive. But now we have a choice to play in that. How do you handle the things that are thrown at you? How many of you realize that life can be very difficult and hard? Life can be tough. Life can throw things at you sometimes if you go, man, I just don't know that I can handle this. How do you respond to those things? How do you walk out life? How do you enjoy the process? How do you enjoy the journey of life? I don't know about you, as I get older, I realize that time and life is going by so fast. Amen. You know, I used to hear older people, you young people, I remember older people saying, "Man, life just time flies by." I'd be like, "Really?" But I promise you, as you get older, you're like, "Man, it really does go by fast." So how am I going to enjoy life, enjoy the process? How am I going to walk out my relationship with Christ and enjoy the process? Because, listen, guys, where we are right now, even though God wants us to to, to, to thrive, and he does want us to thrive, this is not home. You understand that? So how are you going to walk this out and enjoy life and enjoy the process and journey and thrive? But we are in, in new territory. We're living in enemy territory. Amen. You know, I'm always uh, amazed at watching this particular show on HDTV. That's my wife's favorite channel. You know how that works, right? Uh, and, and it's called House Hunters International. Some of you may have seen this show. She watches all these crazy shows. And usually she'll have one on and fall asleep, and I get interested in it and watch the thing and, and, and tell her about it the next day, right? But there's this show called House Hunters International, and often a family will leave one country and they move to another country. And I'm always amazed at this. Sometimes that entails an entirely new language. They move into a country that they they don't even know the language. They can't speak the language. They have to learn the language. That entails new culture, new people, new food. Um, There have been times that, that they had to learn to drive in the wrong side of the road, on the wrong side of the car, you know what I mean? You know, I, I did that one time in, in a country and told somebody, I said, I think you're driving on the wrong side of the road. And he flipped the car over? I said, no, 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 you're right. Get back right to the other side. <laughs> but it's always amazing when they have to entail and enter into this new country, new culture. But they settle in this country and they, they kind of make it their home. There are difficulties, but they make it work. Look at Joshua. Chapter 1, verse 1. I appreciate It's up on the screen for you there. I'm going to read a couple of passages here. It says this. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. Think about that. Moses was the man, right? Moses had had done a lot of great things. God had used Moses in, in miraculous ways. And now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. So here we have Moses and Joshua. And Joshua has been Moses' right-hand man. And all of a sudden now, Moses is dead. And Joshua has to pick up where Moses left off. Joshua has to say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the leading of the Lord here. But now it's a difficult time. I've just lost someone that I'm sure he was very close to. So it says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass. That the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of God, saying this. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, go arise. Go over this shore, you and all this people, into the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Have you really ever thought about this? How would you like to be Joshua? You remember, Caleb and Joshua, we know a little bit about them. They were the only two spies that, that Moses sent to spy Canaan that came back with a positive report joshua had been in waiting mode for 40 years as they wandered in the desert Let, let's be honest nobody likes to wait we've all been on those phone calls that, that that say something like this you get put on hold and hear elevator, elevator music and an actress that says thank you for calling your call is very important to us and you go yeah hi," right. and the music stops and you get excited and you're like oh it's my time it's my time and then the music starts to play Again, anybody with me? It can be a difficult place because we don't like to wait. We don't like to be put on hold. We feel like maybe the things that we we want we can't do or the things that have been taken from us or opportunities have been stolen from us. And I can only think that maybe that's what Joshua kind of felt like a little bit. Here's Joshua. He's had to wave, he probably felt like, you know what, we could have done this a long time ago. Things have been put on hold, and now he has to leave the children, the grandchildren, the people that wouldn't go in the first place, and they can You know, I'm sure he was excited, but at the same time, aggravated. He had to have thought, man, we could have done this a long, long time ago. See, the whole community we find out was ready to stone them, and then the 40 then the year hiatus began. They were ready to conquer it at that point. But then the hiatus began in 40 years. Don't you hear me this morning? Despite where you are, despite the difficulties of life, despite what may be going on in your life, even at the present. Joshua's challenge was to lay hold of God's promises and walk in victory despite adversity. And I believe the same is true for us. God wants us to walk in victory. Despite the things around us, despite what things may look like, despite what what things may feel like, God wants us to walk in victory. See, we've got to understand, and so often we misunderstand this, that Canaan is not a picture of heaven or foreshadowing of heaven. You say, well, pastors, how can you say that? There were giants in conflict in Canaan. I don't know about you, but I don't think there's any giants in conflict in heaven. Amen. So the children of Israel, think about this, they had been freed from Egyptian bondage. They had crossed the Red Sea. They had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. They crossed the Jordan to the promised land, Canaan. And the problem or opportunity was that there were giants in the land. And if you read the story, you understand that the Canaanites weren't just going to hand it over on a silver platter and say it's all yours. But God had promised them that, the promised land. But there were obstacles to overcome. And hear me this morning, obstacles and adversity didn't change Joshua's assignment. To lay hold of God's promises and walk in victory. And the same is true in your life. Difficulties do not change the assignment. Difficulties don't change the assignment. We are still to walk in victory despite those difficulties, despite adversity. It really comes down to trusting in God. The sovereignty of God, understanding that God is in control. I've had some things in my life that I thought, hey, God, where are you? Anybody with me? Amen. But I have to trust that God is in control. Yes. Amen. And I find great joy and peace and happiness in the fact that he is in control and that he can handle it. And there's nothing that takes God by surprise. Yes.
3: Amen.
2: You know, sometimes we live our life like those things take God by surprise. They may take us by surprise, but they don't take God by surprise. Amen. So as Christians and disciples of Jesus Christ, we've been set free, but there are obstacles. There are trials and temptations and difficulties where we are. Yes. So the question is, how do we walk in victory? How do we thrive and survive in enemy territory? What is the secret to surviving and thriving in enemy territory. Look at Joshua chapter 4, a very familiar passage if if you've been in church for a long time, but a very powerful analogy. 4 verses 1 through 3 says this, And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordans. I just told you, Joshua is now leaving. they crossed over the Jordan. Then the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan. For the place where the priest's feet stood firm, you shall carry them over with you and lead them in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So in this passage, he told these 12 men, get 12 stones. You know, I've often thought, man, I want to carry me a big boulder when I, I do this message. Or even some stones to, to make us and remind us and to, to help us see this more clearly. And if you jump down to Joshua 4:21 through 3023, it says this: He spoke to the children of Israel, saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what are these stones? You should let your children know, saying, Israel, cross over this Jordan on dry land. What is that? That is them telling them what God had done. And how many of you know Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? If he did it then, he can do it now. Do you believe that this morning? He said, what are these stones? And verse 22 says, you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. I want to talk to you just a few minutes this morning about the importance of remembering, reflecting, and recalling, and just simply talking about it. You know, we live in a generation that, that, that oftentimes is, is afraid to talk to one another. Amen. We don't want to offend someone, or we want, uh, don't want to say the wrong thing. We want to hurt someone's feelings. But I'm challenging this morning to talk about it. You know, we, we live, I, I get aggravated sometimes. I've, I've been with my son, and obviously I told you I've got, I, I've got two that are, they're not even millennials, they're Generation Z. They kind of fall right in that. They range, and they're the only generation off. So they've never known anything except a, a cell phone, a hand device, or whatever. You know, they, they laugh at me, and, and, and thinking about the first thing. Man, I remember the first desktop computer I bought. I was just so excited. It was a gateway. I don't have gateway. come business business anymore. It was a big old thing, man. I remember I was so excited that he had 10 gig of RAM on it this one's got 128 or something like that but they've never known but but it's amazing that that instead of sometimes carrying on a conversation they can be in the same room and texting or Snapchat what does that mean? we've got to talk we've got to communicate with one another we've got to, to share one another remember, reflect, recall what God has done in our lives remind ourselves of those things and talk about the goodness of God remember what God has done and see, those stones, the rocks, were to be reminders of how God had come through in the past. He provided manna in the desert. Think about that. He provided water from a rock. Their shoes didn't wear out. Now, how cool would that be? I got two boys. they a new pair of kicks every time I turn around. I said their shoes didn't wear out. And these rocks were to be symbols to remind them of what God had done. So they would remember, reflect, and recall. They would talk about it and keep it fresh in their memory. You you know, as a a young kid growing up in a a Pentecostal church, as a young teenager, I remember when when guys would stand up and say, "You know, we want to have a a, a, somebody want to testify." I remember this kid going, uh, "I know what he's going to say. I I know how this is going to go down." But as I've gotten older, I realized the importance of reminding, remembering, and reflecting on what God has done. And what they were doing, they were testifying to the goodness of God. Amen. How God had brought them from where they were to where they were at that moment. And that God would eventually take them home. And they were good with that. Amen. So the importance of just talking about those things. Think about Psalm uh, 103, 2-6. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so the youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. See, Psalm 103 2 through 6 is a reminder. See, everybody has a past and a path the book of life. Lessons, And we have to remind ourselves and the enemy where God has brought us from. You have to remind yourself what God has done for you and what God has done in your life. Often on the way to work in the mornings, I'm reminding myself, God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you for where you've brought me from. I thank you for where you've brought me to. I thank you for where you are bringing me and taking me and where I'm going. And it's important that you remind yourself and talk about those things. You're not only reminding yourself, but you're reminding the enemy as well. Remind yourself what God has done for you, what God has done in your life. And when you're doing that, you are stacking stones. When you do that, you are stacking stones. Every day, when you feel like you're being attacked, and things aren't going the way that you think they should, you just need to get on your knees and cry out to God and say, God, would you help me? I'm going to stack some stones here. I thank you. Nothing takes you by surprise. You see me. You know me. You know where we are. You know what's going on. And I'm going to stack a stone right now. I'm going to look to God to help me through this difficult situation. Don't you know that God was still with the people in Israel despite all the junk and despite the fact they had been there 40 years? God was still with them. And he's reminding them there at this moment the importance of stacking stones and talking about those things that God has done our lot. Reminding us, because what it does, when you remind yourself, it builds your faith. You realize that God did it then, He can do it now. Amen. And I'm gonna tell you, I don't think, when God does something great in your life and you can remind yourself of that, nobody can tell you any different. You ever realize that? Amen. You're convinced that God will do what he said he could do, that he will take care of you, that he will lead and guide and direct you. You're convinced of that. So you're stacking stones. And the key to thriving and surviving in enemy territory is stacking stones. We know that Jesus himself stacked some stones, right? We're told that he rolled away a stone. He became the chief cornerstone. The cornerstone supports all other stones. You can look throughout the Bible and see where people are stacking stones Stones. If you look at 1 Samuel 17, 34-36, through 36, very familiar passage, David stacks some stones. This is the passage where David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. He said, Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. Why do you think that's there? David's about to face Goliath. What is he doing? He is reminding himself. He is assuring himself that what God did for the lion and the bear, he'll do the same with Goliath. That he will take care of him. That he will lead and guide and direct him. And he's stacking stones. He's reminding himself of those things. He said, your servants killed the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, saying he has defiled the armies of the living God. And David said this, I love this. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from this Philistine. Hold true to that. Hold true to that. Stand on that. It's amazing when when Saul and this conversation between Saul and David, and then David said, and, and Saul said to David, actually, says, Go and the Lord be with you. Can we not find some assurance and peace in that? Go and the Lord be with you. You know, Max Lucado is an is a, uh, author that's written many books. And this one particular book called Glory Days from several years back, he tells a story uh, about a time when his daughter reminded him of this great truth. Uh, Max goes on to tell the story that he was driving his daughter to middle school one morning and she noticed Max was anxious. And she asked him why he was so quiet and if something was bothering him. He told that he was a little bit worried about meeting a book deadline. Kids aren't always aware of what their father's profession uh, is. And she asked her dad, have have you written other books? (laughs) And he responded yes and... She asked, well, how many? At that time, it was about 15. It had sold about 130 million copies. And she looked at him and she said, have have you ever missed a deadline before? He said, no. She said, so God has helped you 15 times already. He's helped you each time. And I said, yes. And she said, if he has helped you 15 different times, don't you think... He will help you this time. See, the translation of that is stack some stones. So I'm challenging you this morning. Think about the times in your life where you felt like you were at wit's end. You didn't know what was going to happen. And God came through in a mighty way. Remind yourself of those things. And when you're faced with difficult situations and you start feeling the anxiety and the stress and going, man, what am I going to do? How is this going to play out? What's going to happen? You start stacking some stones. Oh, God, I remember back then a couple of years ago, I was in a situation where I didn't think you were going to come through. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how this was going to play out. And, and, God, you worked it out. You're stacking stones. See, the enemy wants us to see the mountain and not the mountain moving, the problem and not the solution, the obstacle and not the opportunity. But we have to continue to remind ourselves to stack stones. I'm telling you this morning, you've got to have a a dogged determination to finish and win. You know, I told you that Joshua and Caleb were the two that came back when Moses sent them into the spot the land. And they were the only two that came back with a positive report. So you can imagine that Caleb and Joshua had a unique relationship. As I mentioned, they would have conquered the land 40-plus years earlier. But if you study these two, you'll find out at 85, Caleb says, I want my mountain." Despite their shortcomings, Israel is the only nation that kept their identity through captivity when all others were absorbed by Babylonian culture. You know why? Because they stacked some stones. They talked about it openly. And we have to remind ourselves what God has done and will continue to do. Uh, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you've got to remind yourself of those things. And you've got to remember to whom you belong. We need to know who God is, and we need to know who we are in Him. Am. Amen? And that's the importance of getting in the Word of God at the beginning of the year and, and being in it. You know, I, I, I'm living it by this. I know that... Uh, This year, I'll just tell you a couple things I'm trying to do. I I read this quote, and it really has stuck with me. You'll never change something until you change something that you do every day. Think about it. You know, I know there's a lot of, all these diet fads that come out at the beginning of the year. My goal was to drink a gallon of water every day. How many water drinkers in there? House, man. I'll tell you what it's, like. it's a difficulty, right? But it's a, something that I've, I've set for myself that I want to I want to do. But it's about doing something every day that will bring about something greater. Health, right? Being healthy. Uh, the same is true. You won't change anything, you change something new every day. That's the reason of reading God's Word every day. You know, say, you know what, I can't live without it. I've got to get in his word. If it's just a few, I tell my son, if it's just a few scriptures today, get in God's word. Read it. Think about it. Meditate on it. So it's important for building those habits and disciplines. And that will also help us to remember who we are and who we are in him. Look through the Bible. Search and find out who God is for yourself. And see who God is and continue to learn who he is. I'm amazed every day when I learn something new. I mean, any of you here get it all figured out? I'd love to, love to talk with you. There's so much that I get in God's Word, and I go, man, it's amazing. But something new. Jeremiah 32 17 says this Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth. By your great power and outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for You. You believe that this morning. Isaiah 40, 21 through 23 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out like a, a heaven, stretches out the heavens like a curtain, and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judge of the earth useless, one version even says, as vanity. Genesis 1-1, you need to go any further than that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Amen. And when we realize and think about who God is, the only reasonable thing we can do is submit to him. God is good, right? James 1-17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of I read a book this past year called Voices by John Acuff. Actually, it's called Soundtracks. But he talks about voices await us all today. They stand on the intersection of our social life and our family. We can't eliminate their presence, but we can be prepared for their invitation. Remember who you are. You're God's child. You've been bought by the blood of Christ. You've been set apart. A great passage to memorize is Romans 8, 31-39, talking about God's everlasting love. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore, it is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. you ever thought about that? God is interceding for you. You know, in those moments when you feel like you're all alone, in those moments where you feel like you're all by yourself, we're just told here that God is interceding for you. That shows us God's everlasting love for us. He says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? A tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it written, For your sake we're killed all day long. We're accused as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we're what? More than conquerors. Then he goes on. I'm praying. Persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. I think that covers it all. Amen? Amen. Shall separate us from the love of Jesus Christ. So remember who we are in Him. But we have to remind ourselves where we are. This is Cain. And I heard a, a pastor speak about being ready. In fact, he said you need to be rapture ready for the divine snatch. But he said, let's conquer much while we're here. There's a reason you're here. You know, if you're still living and breathing, there's a reason that you're here. I'm convinced that when it's my time to go, it'll be my time to go. If I truly believe in the sovereignty of God, that God is in control, when it's my time to go, it'll be my time to go. And when a short time to go. But while we're here, let's conquer as much as we can. Philippians 4.4 says this. Despite the fact that we're in Canaan, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say it, what? Rejoice. You know, I said, if you think about that, it can be a very difficult command to obey. Is it really possible to to, to maintain an uninterrupted uh, spirit of of gladness? In any of ourselves, I believe the answer is no. It says rejoice in the Lord. We're urged to rejoice in Lord. Lord. I think that's another call for us to be reminded of remembering and reflecting and recalling what God has done in our lives. To rejoice in the Lord. I want you to understand something this morning as well. The verse is a call not to a feeling. You know what, we live in in a generation, especially the millennial generation, it's all about what feels right and what feels good and all those things. But this is a, a, a verse that is a call not to a feeling, but a decision and deeply rooted confidence that God exists, that he is in control, and that he is good. You believe me this morning. So the Apostle Paul held firm in this belief, and he had erected these stabilizers in the center of his faith that would never collapse. He had stabilized with a sturdy belief system that was built on who God was and who he was in Christ. So remember what God has done, remember who God is, and remember where you are. You're an individual, a child of God, in need of help. Um, In one of Charles Schultz's famous Peanuts cartoons, anybody remember those? Lucy's philosophizing, and Charlie is listening. With Charlie Brown, she begins, life is a lot like a deck or lawn chair. Some places to see where they've been. And some where they, so they can see where they are at the present. And Charlie looks over at Lucy and says, I can't even get mine unfolded. I said, we're in need of help. We're in need of help. We in can. We're in need of help. And God is interceding for us. So we have to remind ourselves, remember, reflect, and recall, and realize who we are in Christ. I said a while ago, we're more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. Romans eight fifteen says this: For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, uh, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You know, Matthew six nine begins what? Our Father. Think about the personal side of that. You know, I heard this several years, and I've said in many church. I may have said it when I was here before. The importance of reciting the Lord's prayer not just to go through the motions but to think about what you're saying. It shows you the personal side of that. God is right there with you. Our Father who are in heaven. It reminds us where He is and where we are. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you translate that it's not just on earth but it's in earth. What are we made of? Dirt in earth. so the importance of of, of seeing the personal side of God with us and connecting to our lives and seeing where we are and knowing what's going on in our lives. Remember what God has done. Remember who God is. Remember who you are. And then simply talk about it. I want to challenge you this year that you will talk about the goodness of of God, that you will talk about what God has done in your life, you will not be ashamed. What does Paul say in Romans? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of our salvation for what all men, and God for whatever reason allowed and chose to use us to, to carry forth the gospel. And it's our obligation, it's our opportunity to do just that. And so often we miss out simply because we're afraid to talk. I want to challenge you as you begin this year to make it a goal to talk about these things. And when you do that, you are stacking stones. And as you do that, when you do this, stacking stones, you will thrive in enemy territory. See, Joshua's challenge, I said, was to lay hold of God's promises and walk in victory despite adversity. So the secret... To thriving in any territory, Lord, I said, remember what God has done. Remember to whom you belong, and who you are in Christ, and continuously looking to Him. You know, Mark nine twenty three. I'm, I'm getting, I'm winding down here. Mark nine twenty three through twenty four says this: Jesus said to him, "If you can believe," I want you to say that to me. Say it. If you can believe. If you can believe all things are possible. Say All things are possible. To him who believes. To him who believes. That's a great verse that we hear a lot. In the context of this verse, a father's child is sick. And in verse 24 says, Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And I want to challenge you on January 9, 2022, that you will ask God to help with your unbelief. Over the last several years, I've really, uh, man, God has just stirred in me that I, I want to see great things happen. I want to see God move and work. I hear of God doing great things in other countries where, man, the dead are being raised <coughs> to life, and the, the blind eyes are seeing, and the, and, and the lame are walking, and... and and the deaf are, are hearing, the mute are speaking, and I hear all these things. And I don't know about you, but I want to see it here. Yes. And I just say, Lord, help my unbelief. God, would you move and work like you would never, like, like, like I've never seen before? Amen. Would you move and work today? I'm asking God to do some amazing things. I don't want to just say it, I don't want to believe it, and I don't want to talk about it. You know, if you look at John 14, 12 through 14, another passage that can really make you think. He said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. How many of you would commit or, or, or admit this morning that so often we read something kind of skim over, glance over, we don't really think about it. But some of these passages, if you'll sit there and look at them and read them and think about it, I want you to hear what this person said. I'm going to read it again. He said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. That's pretty amazing, there. And he's like, he kicks up another notch. and says, Greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And it says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. You'll do greater works than these. So why do I say that this morning? I-, I believe that we have to celebrate the past and anticipate the future with great expectancy. Stack stones with expectancy and anticipation of what God wants to do now. We have seen God do some amazing things, but I don't know about you. I want to see Him do some more. Amen. Amen. And as we stack those stones, I believe that God will do just that. God will show more. He'll give us more. He'll help us, and He'll help us with the unbelief. And that's my prayer for 2022. God, I want to see great things. Lord, I believe help thou my unbelief. And I believe the key to that, and the key to thriving, and thriving, and starting, is for me to stack stones. So I have to constantly. Remind myself. I get a the habit every day of saying, "God, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for where I am." Amen. Some of you may be in some situations. You go, "Man, I'm finally thankful where I am." But can I challenge you? Thank God for where you are. Ask Him what He wants to show you. What He wants to to how He wants to prune you. How He wants to grow you and the, the maturation process and what God wants to do in your life. Amen. You know, it's amazing that God never forces anything on you. Any you ever thought of that? It's all a matter of choice. It's a matter of you deciding, God, I want everything that you have for my life. I want to see great and mighty things. And then it's a matter of obedience. Once we choose, are we going to obey and do what God wants us to do? So the challenge this year, Lord, I believe, help thou my, what? Unbelief. Unbelief. Let's pray. Amen. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you. I thank you for your word and the the power of your word. Lord, I ask that you will move on on behalf of these people, these that are gathered here today. Lord, I pray that you will have your way in all of our hearts and our lives. Help us to to serve you. Help us to surrender everything completely and totally to you and become everything that you desire You want us to become. Lord, we submit and surrender to you this morning. We need you. And Lord, we cry out to you and ask, Lord, you will have your way in our heart and our life. Help us to do what you want us to do and say what you want us to say. Lord, have your way. Even though, Lord, we face great adversity, maybe disbelief or discouragement or deception or defeat or, or, or a multitude of problems, Lord, we look to you. We need you. We're thankful that you, that you are a commander in chief, that we can survive and and, and you can allow us to, to live the life that you want us to live. Send us, Lord, and help us to be and do what we want. Lord, we ask you that you will have your way. I pray over this congregation. I pray over every individual. God, it's amazing. You see every individual. You see this church. Lord, we place it in your hands, God. I pray right now if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, that they can't remember a time when they cry out to you and say, Lord, I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. I pray, Lord, that they will cry out to you. That they will cry out to you and surrender their all to you. Lord, I pray for others that may be going through great difficulty. I pray that you will give them strength, help them to look to you and acknowledge, Lord, that you are sovereign, that you are in control, that you can handle it. Lord, we look to you and we give that to you. Lord, so often our problems come because we don't truly trust you. God, help us to trust you. Help us to believe. And as we pray this morning, we read this morning, help thou my unbelief. God, would you help us? We need you and we acknowledge that you are great and mighty and there's no one like you. And we need you this morning. Lord, I pray, Lord, for others that may be going experiencing sickness. Lord, I pray that you will heal their physical bodies. I pray that you will move and work like only you can move and work. Lord, I ask you to have your perfect will and way. Lord, as we begin this this second Sunday of 2022, God, may we not be ashamed, but may we be uh, bold in talking about you and what you've done and what you desire and what you want to do in our lives with others. God, just give us a passion and a hunger for the lost. Give us a passion and a hunger for you to serve you and to fulfill what you desire each of us to do. Lord, we commit everything completely and totally to you. We thank you. and We praise you and we glorify you. We acknowledge that you are supreme. God, have your way. Lord, I do pray for this church right now. Lord, we pray for the direction of this church. God, you see and you know. Lord, help us to trust you. Lord, help us to be obedient. Lord, help us to, to be willing to listen to you. Lord, I pray that you will have your way. And we just pray, Lord, for the direction. We completely give it to you this morning. Lord, we pray for unsaved loved ones. Hey, Lord, even if I'm thinking here this morning, some of us in this room probably have unsaved loved ones. Lord, we lift them up to you. Lord, this, let this be the year, the day of salvation. Lord, we just thank you and praise you we stand in awe of you. Lord, we're going to leave this place stacking stones, reminding ourselves of what you've done, anticipation of what you will do. We surrender everything completely and totally, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen and amen. Amen, amen. You got anything? Amen. God bless you. I'll be around here. Would you stand?
1: As a church, uh, well, thank you for a wonderful message that planted some seeds in my heart about unbelief and not always having the faith and confidence in our God that we need. And uh, also, I want to say to this body that, uh, you know, uh, I I was raised, and I believe strongly, that the people of God need to get together and pray in His honor. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart, soul, and mind. This morning, this altar is very special. This is a place, if you're not saved, This is a great place to come and let the Lord touch you. But all my heart this morning, I believe the saints of God and everybody in here ought to come forward and just pray together as we end this service that God leads us, that he gives us that faith that we need, that unbelief, that doubt that we have in our heart. He is in control. We know that. Let's come forward this morning and pray together. I, I just was raised that we always in services together praying, And I would love to do that this morning. In fact, I feel in my spirit this morning that God wants us to be together as uh, people of him, you know, His uh, love. People that love Him, that we come together and pray. Humble your heart this morning. Humble your hearts this morning that He touches His church bless each one of us we each need a touch from him we each need something from him this morning and i'm so glad the young people are coming forward what a wonderful thing young people we all need god this morning hallelujah hallelujah let's pray together
0: you've been watching the pine Pentecostalist pentecost church pine level Pentecostal audience church is located on 112 east Blant street we welcome you to come and join us in worship every sunday morning at 10 30 a.m every sunday night at 6 p.m and every wednesday night at 7 p.m don't forget If you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account go to facebook.com forward slash pinelevelphc, get notifications when we go live, check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page, that's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel, get notifications when we go live, and you can watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level not Pentecostal in his church.